Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Hey C3 Fort Worth, uh, welcome to church online. Uh, man, I miss you. Mayor misses you. We talk about you, dream about you. It's not weird. Uh, think about you guys a lot. We're praying for you. Uh, we're not just dreaming to get back to like what we were doing before. We, we really believe God is um, doing something in this season. Uh, thus, the new pattern, seeds and seasons. And we believe that God is planting seeds now that, he, that will bear fruit in the coming season. And so I hope you're preparing your heart for it. Even in the midst of all the things that are going on, even in difficult situations, do not believe that God cannot plant a, a fruit-bearing seed in your life, even in the darkest of moments. We're going to read about that in just a moment. Before I go any further, though, I need to let you know something. Last week's message by Pastor Meredith, unreal. I remember sitting behind the camera while she was doing it and, and having to hold back, like shouting amen or standing up and running around the room. I was fired up. It was unbelievable. So babe, thank you. Uh, I know you don't do it very often, but you definitely should do it more. Um, your heart, your, the love for people, uh, just watching you share your heart for people is, is, is un, uh, just amazing. So I love you. I'm thankful for you. Uh, and then obviously, you know, we took a break from dinner parties for May, which is our typical kind of standard thing. But this week, because we know people still want to gather, see each other, this Wednesday night, Phil Beekler uh, from C3 Long Island, one of my favorite Bible teachers on the planet, is going to be getting around the table with us virtually and sharing with you this thought, um, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Now, he shared this in his church recently, and, and he was blown away by how many people just weren't even sure how to read the Bible, things that were second nature to him. And, and I, I'm telling you, if you've heard him before, you, you know, but if you haven't, there's no doubt you should be on with us Wednesday night. So we'll be checking that out on our social media. And then next Sunday morning, special guest surprise, uh, Pastor Colin Blois from C3 Philly. They're launching their online service today because they haven't actually on, launched their physical location yet, but they're in total lockdown there in Philly. So they're launching online service today. So next week, he's gonna be preaching part two of our pattern seeds and seasons. And uh, if you guys re remember, he was with us towards the end of last year and just an amazing time. So make sure you get some people together for that. And uh, it's gonna be an awesome time. I, I wanna jump into our seed and season, seeds and seasons pattern. Um, th this idea of seeds and seasons is, is throughout the Bible. It's just all over. I mean, it, it, you look at Jesus talking about it, using it in multiple parables. You, you see it um, in, in the Psalms and Proverbs. You see it in the poetry of the Old Testament. You see it uh, in imagery that Paul uses that, that every seed that God plants will return with fruit. There will be something. He talks about the fruit of the Spirit. This idea that there are things uh, being, being planted in our hearts that will also be uh, produced in our lives. And, and so there's all kinds of things here that, that, that run through Scripture about seeds and seasons. In fact, we find it at the very beginning. And you can often go back to Genesis to begin to see at least, at the very least, the ideal. Like what was God really wanting for his people? Well, he was wanting his people to live on the earth, cultivate the soil, and produce life. 
He wanted us to rule and reign. And don't get that word twisted. In, in today's kind of power-grabbing mentality and culture, don't get it twisted on what that means. What that, what that really means is we, you are responsible for the things that I've placed in front of you. And if you will cultivate them and steward them, they will produce life. And so when you go back to Genesis, you begin to see kind of what's the, the hope, the desire, and, and why did Jesus come? Jesus came because he wanted to bring us to a place where that can begin to happen again in our lives. And not just physically in the earth, in the soil of the earth, but in the soil of our lives. And so Genesis 1 is a great place to go. So let's go to Genesis 1 and kind of see that there's this, this pattern, this idea, this, this principle is, is throughout the arc of Scripture. Genesis 1 says this. Uh, it says in verse 11, Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. I love that idea that fruit isn't the end. Fruit also then carries with it seed that will continue, um, which is why it's also important what we're planting, because what we're planting will produce fruit that will then produce more fruit. So we need to be aware of what's being planted in our hearts. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came. Now, I, I want to just, just real quickly, because I almost called this pattern night and day. Here's why. In Jewish tradition, and, and it, the way they would have read this, night is not the end, it's the beginning. So you start your day by rest. You start your day by sitting around the table, believing for the next day. You, you actually begin in the evening. So while we might think this is an evening time for our country, for our world, it actually could be the beginning of a new day. I think that's important. So evening passed, morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to what? Mark the seasons, days, and years. Seasons, days, and years. Every seed has a season. God is not wanting to waste this season. Uh, he's actually wanting to plant new seeds that would bear fruit in the next season. Uh, this, this principle, this idea of seeds and seasons, is it's everywhere. It's something we will never get away from. In fact, in Genesis 8, God says this. He says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will not cease. This is good news. It's also a bit of challenging news. Maybe that's the way to say it. This idea that what is sown will be reaped. This idea that, that for some of us, our greatest frustration is we want the fruit produced for which we have not yet planted the seed for. We want the fruit of peace, yet we've not planted the gospel of peace in our hearts. We want the fruit of faith. And yet we've not planted the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by what? The word of God. Uh, we, we want that which uh, that the seed is needed. We, we have to be people who are willing to, I guess, take inventory of what seeds we are planting in our life. And I think there's, it's interesting, I think there's seed that is sown in our life and there's seed that is sown through our life. I would say the seed sown in comes first. And so in this season where there's a lot of things happening and a lot of things changing and a lot of things uh, that are uncertain, what are the seeds that are going to be planted in our life? 
No, because if we want a different future, not just for us personally, for our family, for our church, for our community, for our city, then we have to be willing to assess and take inventory of the seeds that we are currently planting. If we are planting seeds of complaint, what do you think the fruit will be? The fruit will be discontent. When we complain about our present circumstance, we will be discontent with our future reality. We've got to begin to sow seeds in this season that will ultimately produce fruit. Now, I think there's a partnership here. I don't think this is all on you to get it all perfectly. In fact, I think we have the easiest job of all of it. We simply take the gospel, put it in our hearts, and let it produce fruit in us. Um, so I want you and I to understand this idea of seed and seasons. I want us to be people who realize that there is a fruit to be produced, but it requires a seed to be planted. And this pattern isn't going away at any point. And, and before I even get into the verse I want to really major on today, I want, I want, to, I want to tell you this. I absolutely believe wholeheartedly uh, that God, as Mark Sayers has said, is reseeding his church. There are things that the church at large, including C3 Fourth, is learning about itself is learning about where its faith resides, is learning about what it took for granted, and, and is learning about the seeds that were being planted that didn't need to be planted and vice versa. It's learning things about itself, and hopefully in this season is sowing seeds of prayer, sowing seeds of mission, sowing seeds of loving and caring, and watches those seeds at some point break forth on the surface. Psalm 1 says this. This is my, one of my favorite psalms in all the Bible. There, there's, uh, there's several that, that are vying for top spot. Okay, It's, it's kind of like if you're watching The Last Dance, the, the Bulls, Knicks, or, or, or whatever. right? I, I still remember the John Starks dunk, by the way. I, I, I remember John Paxson hitting the three when I was on a road trip listening on the radio. It broke my heart. I wanted Charles Barkley to win. Hey, let's read the Bible. Psalm 1 says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Let me, before I get into, this is not saying don't love other people, don't, don't separate yourself from all people, become a monk and get out of society. That's not really the focus or the purpose of this statement. This verse is really what it's saying is do not establish yourself, your identity, and do not sow seeds of these things in your life. Do not, that's why you see words like do not stand around, uh, do not join in with. Some translations would say do not sit with. The idea that you would establish who you are based upon things that are, are not God's will or purpose for your life, that will not produce faith, hope, and love. And so the idea is not, oh, distance yourself from all people, because the reality is that we are all sinners and saints all at the same time. It's one of the interesting things about faith is that he makes us saints while we still struggle with our own sin, right? But the idea here is that we would not allow those things to establish for us who we are. So we're always going to be around sinners. That's, that's not the, the point here. In fact, the guy behind the camera, he's a sinner. Um, shaking his head. I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner, right? Saved by grace through faith. But now, now I stand with Christ as a saint. I've been relocated. The idea is that we would continue to locate ourselves in Christ Jesus and in the gospel. So I just, I just want to set that aside. Okay. So then verse two, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Meditating on it day and night. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And let me give you the result of this before I jump back into verse 2. Verse 3 says, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Hear that. Bearing fruit each 
season, even the ones we think might be bad seasons, even the seasons we think might be difficult seasons, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. I heard one commentator say this, that we're not talking about material prosperity here. We're talking about soul prosperity, that your soul would prosper even in the most difficult of seasons. But let's go back to verse 2 because I want to hit this, this, the, the wording here. But they delight in the law of the Lord. They delight in all the things the Lord says. This is not just talking about the Ten Commandments. At this point, the psalmist would be saying every revealed word of God, that they delight in those words. They delight in what God has said and what He's promised and what He's commanded and the things that He's spoken. So they delight in it. I have I have these blue bonnets, blue bonnets or bonnets, whatever you call them. I have these blue bonnets in the, in the front of my house and uh, uh, my, my neighbor nicely planted them right there in front of our front door and, uh, and they look great. They're awesome. Uh, but it's interesting right now when you walk out, you see them, they, they're actually all bent like forward. They, they're all pointing out. And the reason is because they're sitting in a spot where they can't get all the sun they need uh, from where they're actually planted. They actually need to bend uh, towards the sun. So every single one of them, they're not standing up, they're standing and they're all pointing the same direction. And maybe some of you have seen this, right? You've seen uh, plants that do this, vines that do this, you've seen different things. And I'm not really, a, the seeds and seasons thing is, is more uh, symbolic for me because I don't plant anything. I'm not really good in the yard, but I have noticed this much. Uh, that, that plants can tend to do that. And in fact, this word delight, the picture that you could, you could actually assign to it, the word that is originally used there has this picture of bending. What, what, are, what is your life bending to? What is your life leaning towards? What, what, what is in crises, in difficulty, in good times and in bad times, what are you bending your life toward? It's an interesting way to say it. The, another picture would be like a, a, a person a guy, girl, whoever, who is, is uh, romantically falling in love with somebody and, and they're delighting in this person. And maybe you've had that friend, right? That you, the, the, you were hanging out every day. You guys were making plans. You're going out. You're having a good time. And then they met somebody, right? And all of a sudden, their whole life began to bend towards this person. They began to adjust their schedule, uh, what they're doing, uh, the way they talk. Uh, they're not texting you as much, not calling you as much. They're, they're, they're bending towards somebody else. And, and, and that's kind of the idea here is that we would delight. We would bend towards God. We would bend towards His Word. We would bend towards the things He has spoken and said. And when we bend that direction, He would begin to produce something in our life. In fact, the word delight, listen to this. I, I love this. A high, it means this, a high degree of gratification or satisfaction of mind. Extreme satisfaction. Blessed are those who are extremely satisfied with the words of God. Man, we are extremely satisfied with who He is, what He said, what He's speaking over our life. And for those of you who are wondering, well, I don't know how to delight in the Word. I don't really, in fact, when I read it, I fall asleep, you know, whatever. Uh, I have a tough time opening it in the morning. Well, for some of you, you're not early risers. Stop trying it in the morning. Uh, but I don't know what to do. How do I delight in the Lord? I, my son, the other day, we had some people bring over some macaroons, amazing macaroons. Thank you so much for that. They're actually for Meredith, but she let me have one. And, uh, and Gray got to have one, our three-year-old. And so he tries one. And then, uh, I don't know, about uh, an hour later, we're walking through the, the front room. There's only one left. There's one macaroon left. And the, the case that's holding is open. And Grayson says, Dad, you better eat that. 
I said, what do you, because I told him, it's the last one, it's mine. And, um, and he, goes, he goes, you better eat that. I said, why, why do I have to eat it right now? He goes, because if I walk by again and smell it, I'm going to eat it. I said, you know, that's, I, I, I can't hold that against you. Uh, and sometimes you need a bit of like that. You need the scent. You need the smell. You need a whiff of what is in the kitchen so that you would desire to go eat it. And so some of that is jumping on on a Sunday morning. Some of it is being around people who are going to talk it through with you. But, but sometimes we just need to get that one little thing. In fact, some of you maybe take Psalm 1, uh, make it a part of your screen and, and read that every day. And I'm telling you, it will begin to develop an appetite, a delight in the words of God. It's an important thing. The next part says to meditate, meditating on it day and night. Here's the best way I've ever heard meditation explained. Meditation is chewing. Uh, they, so, and I'll probably get this wrong, but the cow has multiple places where it can store food and, and will actually chew the grass in the morning while it has dew on it. And then later in the day when it's hot, we'll bring that back up and chew on it some more. And that's the idea here is that um, you would chew on something in the morning and then later that day you chew on it again and then later that evening you would chew on it again and that over and over and over and over and over again until it begins to activate something in your life. You are chewing on the things of God. You're chewing on His promises. You're chewing on this, that you will bear fruit in each season, that He will never leave you nor forsake you, that He is for you. I mean, these promises that He loves you fully and completely that the work he started in you he has not finished it yet that he will produce fruit in your life all these things that you chew on over and over again and one one uh, commentator said it meditation is like water to the seed it is the thing that begins to cause grace to flourish in your life what an amazing thing to think that if i would just simply chew on the words of god then he would begin to produce the things that i've always wanted I mean, the gospel in so many ways is a seed. We'll see that later in a couple of weeks when Jesus generously sows seed on the, on the ground and, 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 and the, the, the one that gets in the right soil and is cultivated and watered begins to grow 30 and 60 and 100 fold. That, that God is, is wanting to sow seed. He's wanting to sow himself and his word and who he is into your life and begin to produce things in your life like faith, hope, and love that otherwise you couldn't produce on your own or at least not genuinely. Right? We, we, we try to do that because we're just nice people, but we want this thing that is ever-present, always moving, always growing in our lives. Like a tree planted along the river banks. Now, the reference here is to um, uh, trees, that the canals that were built, man-made canals that were built, and along these canals, they would plant trees so that the trees were always next to water. So uh, one commentator, a guy named Stephen Cole, says this, this is a tree that has been deliberately cultivated. I want you to think about yourself this way been deliberately cultivated, surrounded by these canals or streams so that its roots have a continual supply of water. It is solid and able to withstand drought or storm. It is fruitful and has continual evidence of life and vitality. Its leaves do not wither. That's what the psalmist is trying to communicate to you and to me and to us is that he wants to plant you right by the streams of life that in every season you would grow, you would, you would produce, you, you would never wither. You, you, the, the leaves on the trees of your life would continue to be green, would, would continue to produce fruit, that there would be something vital in your life, bearing fruit in each season. I, I want to read one 
verse to you that, that echoes Psalm 1. And I want to read it to you because it's, it's such an interesting thing and I want to pray it over you. Um, this Psalm, Jeremiah 17, it has some of the similar phrasing. In fact, you, you can see they're, they're, they're fairly mirror uh, verses. And Jeremiah 17 says this, says, The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. Man, I, I love that. I, that's, that's the kind of stuff I want to chew on every day. I want to chew on the fact that God has said to me, and He said to you, that He would plant you strategically, purposefully, to cultivate your life and who you are, that in every season, difficult, easy, bad, good, night, day, you would produce fruit. The principle start at the beginning and continues through now that you and I would be people who see seed planted. A, a seed can only produce what it is. So if we want the fruit of faith, hope, and love, we want the fruit of grace, peace, and joy, if we want those, those fruit, then we must plant those seeds. And that seed is the gospel. That seed is Jesus. That seed is the Holy Spirit at work in us. So I want to pray over you because maybe some of you are going, man, I, I feel like this season, I'm, I, life is withering up. I, I, I don't see fruit being produced. I am, I am struggling with this idea that God can do something in my life now. And I want to pray the, this verse over you, Jeremiah 17. So wherever you're at, whether you're with your friends, with your family, whether you're sitting outside or in your uh, living room, uh, I want to pray this over you. So maybe just bow your head and I'm going to pray. And I'm, I'm going to just kind of reword this a little bit and pray this over your life. And I just want you to receive this right now. Uh, you who trust in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, you are blessed. You will be like a tree planted by the water whose roots stretch out towards the stream, who will not fear when the heat comes, and whose foliage will always remain green. You will not worry in a year of drought, and you will not cease producing fruit. God, I thank you so much for everyone that's leaned in today who is bending their life towards your word, and towards your people, and towards what you're trying to do in this season. God, I pray that the seeds that are being planted right now, the seeds that are being planted in conversation following this, I pray that those seeds would be watered as we meditate on your word, that we would delight in who you are, and we would be people that in each season bear fruit. God, let us be a church that is bearing fruit in each season. God, I pray that none of us discount this season, because then we would discount the fruit that would be born out of this season. So God, I pray we lean into you. I pray we adjust our life right now towards you. And God, I pray just like the very, very beginning of Psalm 1, that we would not establish ourselves in the news of the day. We would not establish ourselves in all the different things that are going on. But we would establish ourselves. We would bend our life. We would chew upon the word of God. And as we do that, as we, as we lean into your promises, lean into your purpose, lean into your presence, we would see the fruit of the gospel of God, the fruit of heaven, the fruit of the Holy Spirit begin to be produced in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
hey, if, uh, if today you um, are, are listening to this, hearing this and going, yeah, I, I need to lean into that. I need to step into that. There's a couple things I'd love for you to do. One, just click on that live prayer link and, and we'd love to pray with you. Uh, two, you can say, hey, I've decided to follow Jesus. Uh, so click that. Let us know. We want to do this together. This gospel is a community gospel. It is a you, me, us gospel. And, and, and other than that, I just want to tell you how awesome it is. I, I'm so thankful for that. If you want to connect with me and, and Pastor Mayor or the team, or you just want to get connected through dinner parties, please connect with us. Click on that link or chat with us. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Uh, love you, church. Talk to you soon.